0: Hey lovers, welcome back to the love pod, the podcast about your favorite reality dating shows and online dating. Today we're chatting with Rory, also known as the advice giving dude from love is blind. So if you saw Rory and wondered about his love story, whether he was a contestant on the show or a plant, keep listening to find out what he had to say.
1: Rory, thanks so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you on the Love Pod.
2: Thank you.
0: Welcome, welcome, Rory. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited you agreed to talk to us.
1: Yeah, you're our first, and we'll go with favorite uh, interviewee right now. We'll see how the how it turns out, but we're really excited.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. It's great to be here. I think you know you guys kind of struck while the iron was hot, and I'm excited you guys are making this kind of thing.
1: Thank you. So you know, everybody wants has so many questions about the show, and we have some fan questions for you. So uh, there was a lot of "Marry me, Rory, I love you."
0: <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say those are some questions. So we're gonna just know that they're out there. Um, gotcha. The first fan question: Tara K wants to know uh, what person or of the guys had the most rules or pet peeves when they.
2: Match. um that's hard to answer right and this is kind of one of the tough parts about the experience was that there was a large portion of the show i didn't get to see right because it you know in the facility we're split into two lounges the 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 women's lounge and the men's lounge And i never got to see the women's lounge i was only in the dates i was in and i was only in the interviews i was in right so there's a lot of all the other dates in there you can only talk to the guys afterwards and i would talk to the girls through the pod that i was friends with um you know on those dates but it's just really hard to know who had that i think there was a lot of things that changed for people over time like i think it started out in the beginning very light um kind of where are we is this really real and then as we started getting multiple days into it it got very real and people started taking it very seriously and that's kind of when i think a lot of our strategies changed
1: did you guys amongst the the guys in the apartment have a lot of discussion about the girls or was it just kind of everybody keeping to themselves?
2: So it was really funny because in the beginning we had lots of conversations about the girls, but then as we started narrowing them down, it became, you know, got closer and closer to proposal day It started to get a lot more competitive because we realized that certain guys liked the same girl or vice versa. And then people started getting more secretive because they didn't want to share their strategy or things that they learned. Or, you know, it, it started to get a lot more. People were keeping their cards close to the chest because they didn't want to give away something that was really important about their bond or they didn't want to, you know, reveal who they were talking to so someone could use it. Um, not like in a very, um, malevolent way but just in a way it's like okay i want to make sure i succeed at this so let me let me play this right
3: i have a question for you sure i actually this is nikki i want to go back to how did you because we know that you're a gamer so how what made you interested in doing a show like uh like this what made you interested in doing this
2: so they found me, um, you know, I've, I've always been like kind of a kind of a spokesperson for my company. So I'm very accessible online and through various means. So like, it's very easy to get a hold of me. Um, so the, the casting agent reached out to me and said, Hey, we have this show idea. We think you'd be a good fit for it. Here's the description. Would you like to jump on a call and talk about it? And when I first saw it, you know, I, I was dating at the time quite unsuccessfully, and I was like, okay, this is, let me at least just hear this proposal and see what this is about. So I did the interview and that led to an immediate other interview and I was actually I think the last person that did the show I was maybe with inside of a month before the filming where most people were talking to the, the casting crew, uh, like six to eight months ahead of time so like I was rushed in at the last minute because when I did my first interview they're like holy crap we have to have this guy, and I actually said no twice, so I said no and they're like wait hold on, please reconsider and I was like okay yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, wait, oh, one more time. Let's... <laughs> and then we, we kind of went back and forth on details and, and discussed a little bit of that. Um, and then the third you know, third time I just figured, you know what? It, it, it just kept calling right. to me. Okay, I'll right. do it. Let's give it a shot once in a lifetime. Let's see what happens.
0: Good stuff. We're really glad they persuaded you. What did you, you, really they you? you say, say Jordan? I said, we're really glad they persuaded you.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Did
1: you have to go through the whole process or did you kind of get to skip the line?
2: Um, I think I had less interviews because I, I only had, so there There was a phone interview and then there was a Skype interview. It was like two hours long. Um, and I think most people had multiple Skype interviews. I only had one, but then the other steps of the process, I followed just like everybody else, right? We had to do um, like really long surveys about what our, Uh, love life is like you know who we're interested in what they look like um like just as a person and then just kind of generally about us as a person our backstory where we grew up like they they learned a lot about us um throughout that process because they wanted to know everything that would kind of help them pair us up And i i I truly believe that you know this is one of the reasons why i wanted to do the show is that it wasn't random right it's not like they took 15 girls from tinder and put them up on the show right They, they specifically curated it so that um, I think every person was on that show. That's probably why they I didn't had get a Because
3: I'm on Tinder. That's probably why I didn't get a call. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we want to
1: get Nikki on at least the <laughs> casting process next season. If not a show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> She's in Atlanta, so we gotta. I don't know if they'll do in Atlanta again, but we gotta get her on a show. This girl needs, we all, everyone needs love, right? But
0: Yeah.
3: I'm not desperate, Rory, that she's playing. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's okay to be a little desperate, man. It's, it's something it's something we're striving for, you know?
3: <laughs> no, I'm not saying that the people on the show are desperate. She's saying we got to get her on the show. Yeah, <laughs> like, we yeah. I'm I'm for not that. I, mean, I got men.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I want to hear your stories. You are so why, funny. Why, and it's... Just... <laughs> i'm not trying to say you're desperate Nikki. i'm saying we're desperate know, to hear I'm, you i
3: are. know i know i know <laughs> so Jordan, what questions do you have what question do you have for rory
0: i was looking through the facebook question to see what everybody asked and everybody just keeps asking he was a contestant right and we already know the answer to that question <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, i've had interactions with people on uh twitter and instagram were like you know because i'll i'll I'm I'm very used to social media. So I'll look kind of like love is blind keyword Rory and just kind of help involve the conversations and people like this guy's definitely a producer. And I respond and say (laughs) like, I'm definitely not. They're like, are you sure? (laughs) I'm like, I think so. You don't
1: know that you're one. (laughs) (laughs) Did you uh, form a connection? So you're not a producer, but you, you did give a lot of advice. Was it hard mm-hmm. when you formed a connection with the guys just as deeply, maybe not just as deeply, but you know, you, you were connected to them and you became friends with them and competing over the same woman? Was that hard?
2: It wasn't for me. Um, I think I'm a little bit atypical in that I've actually never, ever, ever been a jealous or like worrisome person. Uh, to me, that whole conversation doesn't make a lot of sense because it's almost as if, If you're saying like i'm competing over this person i think the conversation sometimes unfortunately falls to well it's the actions that i take and the actions that he takes but the whole equation is that she's involved with it too she's making the decision she knows who she likes she's involved with it so all there is to do for each person is Put your speak your being forward, make your feelings known, and then just trust that if, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, she'll make the right choice, right? It's not, to me, it's not like I have to like wrestle him to the ground and hogtie him so that I can get the girl because then it's not going to be <laughs> genuine, right?
1: I think that's maybe how some of the girls did feel from the interviews that we saw in the beginning. <laughs>
2: not the <that> guys <laughs> as much. No. I mean, there was competition, obviously, and you saw a lot of that on the show, um, like Mark and Barnett and, and those. Um, there was a couple more, too. I think Taylor was actually involved in the uh, the Jessica triangle, and, you know, there was actually, um, oh. For, oh. for me, uh, both Matt, uh, you see him at the beginning of the show, he had the first line of the show, actually. Both Matt and I were, were gunning for Danielle during the show.
1: Oh. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because your love story did not get to air. We're really upset about that. We're going to start a petition to everybody's everybody else from the cast. But tell us about your cast, Danielle, as much as you want to, and how that kind of played out that we didn't see.
2: Yeah, I think – it's unfortunate that there were only, I think there were only 10 episodes commissioned by Netflix as the publisher. So, like, there was probably maybe 500 episodes worth of content that happened, even in the pods. Like, there was just so many storylines and so many moments, and they were all so raw and genuine. Um, but I think that, you know, it, Danielle was the first pod I went into, and I think <laughs> that we both had the same experience in that we're here. And One of the things that like you know having been more of an executive group you know a general manager running very large departments i'm used to having a clear view of everything and being involved in the conversation right and so i went to the show and it was more like i wouldn't say puppet master but it's just like they're like hey go into the facility and be a person and they don't tell you what's going on they don't give you clues they want you just act genuinely and naturally And to me i'm like in my mind, I'm like trying to get involved in the process of what's happening because I've been in productions before, but they didn't want me to, right? Because they wanted it to be real. So I was yeah. like getting frustrated. I'm like, what's happening? Because they just they just released us like cattle into the the lounge, <laughs> and we just walked around <laughs> meeting people. And they're like, hey, go into this pod. And every time you went into a pod, you wouldn't know who was in there until you talked to them. So you mm-hmm. just go and be like, hello. Oh. Like, oh, it's this person, right? So like, you wouldn't know who it was beforehand. So I think a lot of people were very nervous the first time you go in because they had us. Walk down the the huge lane in front of the pods, and we would stop in front of the door, lined up, and we'd walk in together. And you'd be like, uh, "Hi!" <laughs> <laughs> so the ground would be like, "Hi!" And we're like, so awkward <laughs> but Danielle and I were the we were had our first pod, and it was like it was great because we had this instant connection and we were able to make each other feel more comfortable. Like, okay, cool. If it's gonna be like this the rest of the time, I think we're gonna be okay.
3: Danielle is gorgeous awesome. too, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah. she is. <laughs> well she's a model isn't she? I mean not that you have to she be a is. model to be gorgeous, but she's yeah, she's stunning. I've seen some of her. And everybody can check out all of the cast's Instagrams and Twitter's. They're very active. Rory is very, you know, you you talk to everybody. It's it's so sweet. You guys don't have to do that.
2: No, but I think it's important and I, you know one of the reasons why I wanted to do the show is the the experiment itself is very fascinating to me because I think it's it's very timely. Um it's something that Uh, is a great conversation to be having in 2020 around how distracted people are uh, the the state of dating now I think you know if you're coming from an earlier age and you're you know you've been married for 30 years it's hard to understand the landscape of what dating is now because you almost have this paradox of choice where as soon as as soon as you run into an issue with a relationship you're like well I could pop on tinder right now and get a a plethora of options so you don't really have to commit and try to make compromises anymore because there's just so many options out there i think that is pulling people away from having real genuine honest connections um i i kind of likened it to the the movie her with joaquin phoenix where he's just falling in love with his voice in his ear right so it's just kind of that (laughs) where you get to know that person you get to connect with them and there's no distractions and what's interesting is you don't even have the drags on your 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 mental state that you'd have even in person right like you're in a soundproof room all you can hear is her. You're on this comfortable couch. Most of us were laying down or sitting on the floor. I took my shoes off most of the time for the longer dates and just kind of hung out. Um, and then you get to the point where you're you, you stop worrying about your posture. You don't worry about what you're wearing. You don't worry about if you're eating correctly or drinking the right thing. You're not interacting with a waiter. You're not worrying about people walking by or you know seeing them in the window. You're only focusing on who they are and how you're feeling about it.
1: Was there a lot, a lot of producer influence to guide conversations? Were, were you kind of on your own to just chat about wanted and really connect?
2: So there was no intervention in the pods at all. They would just yeah. tell us to go in and like. I mean, if there's, like, a sound issue, they'd be like – because I, I drank coffee the whole time because I wasn't sleeping very much. But I would, like – there was times where, like, I'd be, like, clanking the cup, and they'd be like, Rory, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, like, they they had no involvement or interaction with the pods at all. They just said, go into the pods. There's going to be a girl in there. We'll see you in X amount of time.
3: So it was a That's real really experiment. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, it was very genuine. Okay, cool.
3: Because a lot of reality TV is scripted
2: yeah yeah no this was 100 percent real now obviously you know there were times where we would be having a conversation um in the lounge or something and we'd be whispering and the audio cuts out so they tell us to like hey can you repeat that but they're not saying hey say this specifically it's like hey we liked what you just said. Can you say it again so we can at least show it on the show? Right. <laughs> so there wasn't any, like, you know, they, they weren't orchestrating anything. And I, it was also one of the reasons I, I, why I kind of decided to do the show is in the contract, too. They were very specific to say, you don't have to say anything you don't want to. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. We just want to see if you fall in love or not. It was like we were very protected in that.
0: I love it. Yeah, that's great.
3: I might need to be on there, really. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going,
1: <Rory>. Keep
0: going.
1: <laughs> so you mentioned you didn't sleep. what was that because you were you got what was what were you guys besides uh you cut out for a second cause. what was that i said you said you didn't get a lot of sleep what were you doing the whole time was it mostly dates or what else in the uh, apartments
2: well so I think the, the, the toughest part, I mean, we, we had options, right? They would say, hey, we would do two sets of dates a day. Like, we'd be, have our morning dates that would bleed into the afternoon. Then we'd have like our early evening dates that would bleed into the night. And usually the ones were like, we would be in our PJs by then or we, you know, they like, would just be like, kind a of come out and do nighttime dates. But, a lot of times they'd be like, okay, how long do you want to be in here? Or do you guys want to skip nighttime dates? But because we were trying to make this really hard decision about should, who should we propose to? We want to have the right answer. We all kept electing, like, please give us more time. And we were kind of running ourselves ragged of like, you know, pushing ourselves upwards of 20, 21 hours a day of like, no, let me talk to him more. Let me talk to him more. They're like, uh, are you sure? We're like, yes, please get me in there. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, from that, I think all of us, we were pretty tired because we weren't getting a lot of opportunity to sleep. But also, for me, being a very empathetic person, it was hard because I I don't really have the ability to not carry other people's burdens. And so I was, like, really shouldering a lot of the issues and challenges that people were going through. And people were having panic attacks. They were really, like, you saw me walking Damien through his panic attack. And I, that happened. Mm-hmm. I probably walked maybe six or seven people through a panic attack. They were just kind of having emotional awakenings or connecting with themselves in really important ways. And it was just so much. And like, I, I just, I can't sit around that and not want to be involved with it. So I kind of I had my own challenges, but I was carrying everyone else's challenges at the same time.
0: Hmm.
1: That must be hard because it's such a condensed process, trying to find a right potential. And then you've mm-hmm. got to carry everybody else's burdens and coach everybody else through it. Is that natural for you?
2: It is. Yeah. It's and, and it's almost a coping mechanism. Sometimes when I'm too stressed, it relaxes me to help other people. <laughs> so I'll just do that to kind of de-stress, which is great.
1: Do, do you think it was more of a encouraging environment uh, when you were in the apartment with the guys or was it, what was that like? Was it a, a frat house environment? How were you guys?
2: So, You know, I think frat house is close, but I don't think it does it justice because it was almost like it was a family with fifteen brothers, right? It was very much like we were in the house together. We would like play games together, play pool, hang out. We were like we would gallop around and mess around and do push-ups, and then we had in the gym, right? We'd go to the gym every day or twice a day, um, and just kind of go in there and work out, or we kind of talk to each other. So it was very much like. It's almost like a whole bunch of guys hanging out in a hotel lobby that, that get to know each other, right? So it was very, like, in that. And I think because, you know, and I talked about this yesterday, but the, there was another human element to the experiment that, that was very profound to me in that, you know, you, you get into this experiment, you have the right carrot on the stick where you're saying, okay, I do want to find someone that I want to be with. I don't think a single person went on that show without really actually wanting to find a partner in crime. So you had that kind of passion going forward that you wanted to. And then you get into this this facility and you don't have any distractions, right? You've made arrangements for all your responsibilities to be taken care of. You don't have a phone. There's no music. You can't jump on Netflix and watch anything. You can't hang out with your dogs. There's no distractions. And so in that quiet, when you're sitting there and you're opening up multiple times a day in very genuine, real ways, it, it, you start to realize things about yourself that you normally wouldn't, right? Because I think in, in modern times, as soon as you start feeling uncomfortable or something bothers you or like there's some kind of baggage that you're dealing with, you're like, well, turn on Netflix or, hey, let's go get dinner or, you know, like put on the music, right? You have ways mm-hmm. to cope and kind of push you through that. But when you're sitting there with nothing to do and all this emotions pouring around you, you kind of have to deal with your baggage, right? You have to look it right in the eye and say, oh crap, I don't feel good right now for reasons I haven't dealt with and I have to deal with it now, (laughs) right? So I think a lot of people went through a lot of transformations that way because it was just so genuine and quiet and almost just realigned you with who you are as a person and things that you used to be into that you forgot as a kid or like it it was very, very human.
3: So I have a question for you, Rory and mm-hmm. Nikki. Um, you told us about all the things that you guys were doing, just to fill time and things like that. But we heard something about a push-up contest. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that.
2: <laughs> and who
3: um, won? I need to know.
2: <laughs> so I think I think I was maybe the second scrawniest guy in the show. Um, but I didn't come last. And I was pr- really proud about that. I got like third to last. But uh, yeah, we just kind of, I think we were working out in the morning one day. And then everyone was like, Someone was doing push-ups, and then it's one of those bro things where it's like, ah, you can't do that many. And then that just kind of spread to the rest of us, and then literally the whole lounge, all fifteen of us, were doing a push-up contest at the same time, counting out loud. Um, I don't remember who won. I I, it was probably Damien because he's just actually a beef castle of a person. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think he won. Oh my god, he's a mountain! Like he's so big.
3: Really? Who? (laughs)
2: <laughs>
3: From now on, we will
1: refer to Damien as a beef castle and only a beef castle.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, well, how many did you do then since you can't tell us who won? Tell us your number.
2: Uh I don't remember. I think I stopped on like 35 or something like that.
3: Okay. I can stop at two. I got the upper body strength of a newborn baby. <laughs> there you go. It's
2: twice as many as more. A hundred percent more than one. <laughs>
1: Always has the positive, the positive outlook. Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) You're just such a, and the the show in general, right? We're used to things like The Bachelor and Married at First Sight, and they they are very producer-driven, and at least in The Bachelor, in the fact that they're casting drama and on Married at First Sight, they're partnering uh, these husbands and wives, so that's intentional. But it sounds like Love is Blind is really a more of a genuine experiment and not, I mean, they took a big gamble, not, not trying to influence conversations or dates or anything like that. So that's, and it sounds like, I think we can understand why you would have been so important for you uh, to be on the show because you're kind of a good fit with that. Um, Yeah. I think I kind of, sorry, go ahead. No, This is, this is your time.
2: Um, They didn't, they didn't. Yeah, like I said, they didn't really influence anything. So that's, I think that's just genuinely who I am. Um, just around, like, I'm just very comfortable around strife, uh, you know, especially being like, you know, uh, leadership in, in a big, you know, gaming development company, like you're used to dealing with people problems and helping people, you know, find compromise and, you know, finding ways that people can work together, especially in a creative environment where everyone has passion invested in what they're trying to create right they really think this is a good idea versus that you really have to listen to everyone and help them kind of come together so it was very natural for me. Um, and I also think it was it, it was really cool too. and I, I wish we got to see more of this, but there was you know you you would since we whittled down so slowly from 15 to two um, on our number of, of girls remaining you kind of started forming platonic friendships, right? Where you're just like, there's not a, a spark here, but hey, let's hang out because we're in the pot anyway. Um, and so I ended up, you know, counseling a lot of the girls through, uh, what. like I, I specifically kept... Um, like Elsie and Amber on my list so that because they were kind of struggling with Barnett and wondering who he's going to pick and <laughs> things like that. So I was helping, you know, I was all helping right. Barnett a lot and because I was talking to Barnett a lot. I had some insight as to what he was thinking. So I would kind of helped talk them through what they were thinking and kind of got them all the way to the end. I think actually, I actually had Elsie as my second one because uh, I don't think Barnett knew he was, who he's going to propose to until the very end. So she was really worried about that. So I was kind of helping her through that.
0: That's Speaking so awesome.
3: Of- so do you still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. We're so polite here you're at the love that. pot. <laughs> we, we love, love After
1: we love each other. <laughs> Do you have those kinds of bonds? Do you uh, keep in touch with with the cast? That's what I was. Yeah,
2: the, we we all keep in touch. I mean, like you know, we have a group text that we kind of jump in and and talk about with each other and encourage each other and. You know, sometimes we're like, hey, you know, did you guys see this article or like, oh, like, hey, you're blowing up, man. Good for you. Right. So like we're, we're very close in that. Um, and then we had the premiere party the first night We and most of us were in attendance. So, you know, it, it's it, it's a very tight bond. And I think it's it's almost like, you know, you were in the trenches together. Right. There's a, a shared uh, overcoming hardship that kind of just bonded us together like Band of Brothers. That was just, I think, probably going to last a lifetime for most of us.
3: Do you so- have a really good memory? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Your turn, Nikki. <laughs> I was going to ask, <laughs> what's, your, what's the most memorable thing that happened to you guys that didn't air on the show?
2: Um. So the first thing that comes to mind is Danielle and I cooked for each other, which was really challenging through the wall, right? So what we had to do is uh, one night she cooked for me and then she had the producers leave it in my pod when I came in. And then the next night I cooked dinner for her um, and then I gave it back to her. And then she walked in. And it was in her pods, like kind of ate dinner together in the pod um, that we had cooked for each other in the kitchen. Um, but I think the most memorable for me was I, I have a special attachment to apple crisp as a dessert because it was the first dessert that anyone ever made for me. So it was like this, like, oh, wow, someone's actually doing something. Like, they're doing me a kindness, right? Um, and so one night, I walked into the pod, and I walked in, and I saw literally a whole apple crisp in a, a, a cooking uh, pan. Aww. And I looked at it, and I just started crying, because, like, I don't think she knew the significance of it for me, but that was, yeah. like, the problem for me. Um, and then I, sh- I shared it with the other guys, and then the next night, because I had it in the fridge, when I cooked her dinner, I, I took a little bit of the apple crisp and reheated it Aww. for dessert so that was probably Ooh. the most. That's so sweet,
0: this yeah. is so sweet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, um, do you have any tips for listeners who want to go out and be on season two of Love Is Blind?
2: um it's hard to say i because i i'm sure they're going to move to a new city next um if you look at some of what uh chris colin's been talking about the the ep he does want to make it more global and he wants to get more cities involved i mean imagine they'll probably go to like chicago or new york or somewhere on the west coast and then potentially even go to other countries so he's really gung-ho about it he believes a lot and he's very passionate and i you know chris and the other executive producers were so into the process like every day they would give us prep, you know, pep talks about like, Hey, here's what we're doing today. Keep this in mind. Try to think about who you really want. And you could tell that they really cared about the result and they, they really wanted us to find somebody. Um, so it was great to kind of talk. So I, as far as casting goes, um, it's hard to say, because I think, you know, the normal requirement for other reality TV shows would be like, be overdramatic and be wild and be crazy. But I don't think that's what they jive with as a production company. So I would say just, I, I think what we all had in common as being castmates was we were just genuinely there to find someone and we didn't care how it went about, we just needed to find them. I think that was the thing that united all of us.
3: Okay, Rory. Uh, so you have a great kids channel. Tell us how you got into gaming.
2: So I've been gaining my whole life. So when I was three years old, my dad helped me make my first computer um, and, and which basically meant that he did all the work because I was a toddler. <laughs> um but uh, we, and I played my first game and I've been playing games ever since so games have always been uh not just an escape for me but a, 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 an art form right it's an expression like it's almost like art that's interactive because there's so many different ways to involve it and a lot of the some of the best friends I've formed over my life have been through games and sharing games with people and so I've been playing games a long time and then I did um YouTube starting in 2020 or 2012 and then I did Twitch. I did, uh, live shoutcasting, like sports casting for some games, um, which helped, helped me get involved with the game company. And then I started doing game development for the last five years. Um, and now I'm getting back into streaming. Um, so it's just, it's, it's great because I think it's an awesome form of entertainment. And I also think that, um, Especially for me, it's, it's, it's something that can be on all the time. It's almost like a place to hang out, right? You're, you're, you're getting off of work. You don't really know what show you want to watch. You jump on and watch your favorite streamer. You can hang out with people and chat and talk to them. And I know that I've gotten a lot of messages from people saying, hey, you helped me through a really rough time. You know, I was depressed or I couldn't do this. And I didn't, I couldn't find enough distractions, but you were consistent every day and I can tune in and watch you. And it was a great moment. So I think there's just a lot of awesome elements to streaming that I just really enjoy.
0: That's awesome. So what are your some of your favorite games to play?
2: So I the the answer is all of them. And I would say before (laughs) I got into the industry as a developer, um, I played Mm -hmm. kind of games uh just like you know, I play like Final Fantasy RPG games or console games or PC games, but once Mm -hmm. I got into the industry it became market research to play more games, right? To see what our competitors were doing, see what's out in the market, what's new and what's working. And so, you know, like, especially when I was, you know, running my own team, I would end up playing probably 30 new games a week. So I was just downloading games on my phone and I had all the consoles. So I I just play everything because I got so used to just testing the market, you know?
1: Yeah. What's the most fun thing about that kind of a job where you're working on games?
2: Good question. Um, there's a lot of things I liked about it. I would say my favorite, okay, my two favorite things. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat you a little bit. Um, my two favorite things <laughs> That's are. Okay. One, I like I like being able to. The reason I like gaming as a medium um, for expression is because it's it's very unlimited, right? You think about trying to do TV shows or movies or things that are rooted in reality. You have the limitations of physics and the human form, right? Like you can't like you can make you can make people look like they fly but you can't actually make them fly right whereas in games you can do whatever you want you can make them feel whatever you want you can cater the experience to be exactly what you want it to be so it's awesome to be able to just think of something and then breathe life into it and then then Mm -hmm. the second thing i like a lot is that you pass it to people and then you get to see the joy in their faces right like Everyone has, you know, in, in the games industry, everyone has that game that is really close to their heart or changed their life or they play over and over, right? And it can really connect with them. There's some games that are—it's called games for impact. Well, they'll do. I mean, there's games like Greece came out last year, and it basically goes through the stages of grief, but in a very artistic mm-hmm. way. There are games that cover hardships and historical moments in time where humans weren't being kind to each other or like things like that. Like, there's a lot of great things that games can do and games are even getting into education now where you know you can it's one thing to teach a kid organic chemistry but if he can actually get into a, an interactive environment and learn about it visually it's even more powerful so i think as we continue forward in the future games are are going to keep making people uh, kind of help understand the world around them
0: so you did voice work for a few games what was that like
2: so yeah i did um I've done tons of voice casting and directing, right? So I've probably worked with Mm -hmm. like a couple hundred voice actors and I would, I would write the character audition and then people would send me auditions and I would pick the one by the audition, sit in the booth with them and have them talk about the character that I'm trying to create. Um, And I did do a couple of voices for some of the games we were working on and it's just fun. I mean, you know, having done it so many times myself on the other side of the booth, it was nice to just get in there and just kind of talk and then see how it gets implemented. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just cool that some people would be like, Hey, I, I, I use your voice in this game, and I recognize you, you know? Yeah.
3: Well, we know a lot of people are going to want to know more about you now, Rory. So tell us where people can find your stream for your game.
2: So um, I'm I'm on the internet as Rory Newbro, and my, my online name is Dry Bear. Um, so you can find me on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash dry bear. But if you, know, if you Google it, you'll probably find me most places as well.
3: Okay, good stuff. And um, so, let me ask you this: What would back to dating and relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you still need it, but what would your dating bio say?
2: <laughs> um. So it's it's super interesting. I think what was so awesome about the experience um, with Love Is Blind is you get into the booth or you get into the pod, and you're you're in there so long with so little distractions that small talk becomes impossible, right? If you're locked in a room with someone, you have nowhere to go for three hours. You're not gonna be like, hey, how's the weather? Great. But what about the clouds? Awesome. What about the rain, right? Like you just, you can't go down that line anymore. You have to start getting into real stuff. And I think once you realize what it feels like to actually have big talk instead of small talk, small talk becomes less attractive, right? And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of what's changed for me uh, dating now after the show is that it's so much easier for me to connect with people and really just, cut through the bullshit and blow away their smoke screen of like, hey, yeah, let's try to defend ourselves. It's like, no, no, no. Let's get real. Let's get honest. Let's talk to each other and get to know each other in the way that I know how to now. So I think that the bio is not as important. The the photos to me aren't as important. But if I do if someone catches, you know, I catch someone's interest, I think I can I can really get to know their heart and connect with them better than most people could, I think. Okay.
1: Do you think that photos play less importance to you now having been on the show?
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, and, and it's hard, right? Because I don't think you can explain the setup of love is blind to someone and have them be like, yep, that makes sense. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right. Like it's so bizarre. And I, you know, I I think, you know, with the amount of episodes that they were able to show, everyone's like, well, what you, you talk to this person for five days, then you want to propose to them. What are you crazy? And it's, you don't know unless you're actually there because you actually do genuinely fall in love with this voice in a box and it's wild. And I think, you know, there's this this question of where, like is love blind and, and is love physical? And we don't really know the answer there, but I don't think the showmakers are trying to actually genuinely suggest that love is actually blind because that's silly, right? You're not gonna get married to someone and only talk to them on the phone and never see them. So it's not actually blind. But the other end of the spectrum is is love purely physical and that's not true either because you're not going to get married to someone and sit in a room and just stare at each other without talking right like that's that's not going to happen either so the question is where in between those does love actually sit is it more blind or is it more physical and i would argue that the show has proven that it's far more blind than we thought because you get to a point towards the end of this you know 10-day process where you're like okay I actually just don't care what you look like can I just hold you please <laughs> be there. stop being away from me whatever you look like come right. Right. so you genuinely feel those emotions and I think it's relatable too because I think everyone can think back to times where they are attracted to someone they get to know them they don't like their personality and then suddenly they're less physically attracted to them right it's not like they changed physically you're just now that you know them you're not as physically attracted to them and vice versa is true too you can write someone off that you're not physically attracted to, get to know them and all of a sudden they're super hot, right? So there is a great influence on how you view someone physically that compares to how you are connected to them emotionally. And that's what this process tested is that if you could really deeply connect with someone and then you saw them, what would happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's
3: a great, hmm? Oh nothing. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I was in the zone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great that that you are able to show that and those connections. But let's not an ugly person on that cast. So well, we didn't
2: know that. We were joking about it because no, we had no idea. We had no <laughs> idea who was over there. And so, like during the, during like literally the first few days, the guys we'd look around and be like, okay, I'm straight. But you guys all seem pretty handsome. So you have to imagine (laughs) that they're like equal attractiveness on the other side. Like, right? Like, and then, you know, like one day one guy would be like, well, what if this is like a huge gotcha experiment for like MTV and like voice changes and there's eyes or they're like, haha, now you're married to a dude. And you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no way of knowing. And, you know, like, some of the guys would ask about their appearance, but we just, we just didn't know. Like we had no idea and we had no way of knowing because we would ask the producers and they would be like, well, we can't tell you. And we'd be like, just, uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did
1: you have describing yourselves or asking kind of descriptions to each other?
2: It's hard to remember everything that happened because we were so on for so long. It's like 20 hours a day for 10 days, right? Like that's a lot of time. Um, but I think there, there were a lot of questions and, and there were people that kind of asked specific, like really specifically, like, how tall are you? Like, you know, what's what's your what are your sizes? What you know, what are, you know, how, like those kind of things. Right. So there was a lot of that going on. But again, like even if someone like to the T described exactly what they looked like without seeing it, some people couldn't. I actually I actually was able to predict what most of the girls looked like, except for one. I got almost all of them right like, down to the hair color, how they wore their hair, just by, the, like, their mannerisms and how they spoke and, like, the way they acted and things like that. And I would ask them, like, what they were wearing today because, like, obviously I couldn't see it. And I like appreciating, like, when, when a woman actually takes time to dress up and look nice, I like appreciating it because it it, it takes effort and I also like looking at it, right? It's, it's a It's a blessing. So I, like, want to be like, hey, tell me what you're wearing today. What do you look like? And, you know, tell me about it so they get a the chance to just kind of, like, show it off without me seeing it, you know?
0: Yeah, so I think the question on everybody's mind is, are you currently single? Yes. Okay.
3: (laughs) Well, I got a question. (laughs) (laughs) What is is your type, Rory?
2: (laughs) My type, it changes. And this is actually something that I struggled a lot with because they asked this a lot prior to the show. They're like, can you describe your ideal woman? And when they first asked that, I was like, I have never done this exercise before. Like, I don't. I don't actually know like where I'm going with this because like I haven't tried to describe it because to me, you know, I'm a big fan of being conscious of your subjective reality. Right. I think it's very easy to project your biases onto what you're seeing. And so, you know, you see this a lot with people on the show, and this is a big topic that I was helping coach people through. And that just because this is what you've dated before does not mean that you don't have the ability to have great experiences with things you haven't experienced. Right. Like be open to, personality traits you may or you may not be familiar with or things that you may not actually go for normally right that could work out in a way right like you look at lauren and cameron lauren's never dated a white man but he felt she fell for cameron very quickly right so like things like that right. are important so i i try not to limit myself and put on any subjective biases because i think it could prevent me from having a real connection but i would right. say that the traits that attract me most in a woman are kindness you know if if like she stops and helps someone on the street or she's very patient, like things like that. Just showing general kindness to other human beings, I think is a really, really attractive trait. Um, Being like, uh, it's hard, I guess like being unfiltered in a way, right? I really appreciate it. And I appreciate it in all people, but I find it very attractive in women when they can just be, exactly who they are without apologizing right it's not like they're afraid to be who they are especially you know when you're really into someone you're gonna admire who they are but when they're self-conscious about it you don't get to see it all the time and i think that's unfortunate so it's it's nice when they can just show up and be who they are and kind of like express that and smile about it and be comfortable because then you can appreciate the whole the multitude of their being right and just kind of observe and be like wow this is great i get to see them as a person um so i think those traits are really really attractive and then i don't know just like Patience, passion, lust, right? Things like that. Like what? What about a comedian, Rory? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Funny is good. kidding. your
3: shot,
1: Nikki.
2: But I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I think one. I think funny is I think funny is something that happens organically because I think if you're if you're both being exactly who you are and something funny happens, then you'll engage with it immediately and laugh, right? right. I don't think be mm-hmm. inherently funny to have funny things happen, right? So I don't, like, it's not really about the person, it's more about your connection and your interaction together.
3: Right. So we, we we are enjoying the conversation with you. We wanna ask, do you have any last stories before we get into the game? Do you have anything that you wanna share about your experiences?
2: Um, I think we covered a lot of it. Nothing really okay. comes to mind.
3: Okay. So um, we have two games, two options of games. You got this or that, and then the second game is going to be Words with Friends. Which game would you like to play?
2: So <laughs> describe Words with Friends for me a little bit.
3: All right. So um, Dina, describe it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically more
1: of a would you rather scenario, but going into a little bit more detail. It's just us asking you questions and asking you to give a description of things. We just okay. plead on the,
3: okay. the Words with Friends name.
2: Ship it. Let's do it.
3: Words with Friends?
2: Words with Friends.
3: Here we go. with Words with Friends. So we borrowed the name and made it our own. Let's right. play Words with Friends. Give us the first word, person, or place that comes to mind when we ask you your favorite blank. Ready? Sure. Alright. Your favorite cast member.
2: Uh... Danielle.
3: Great. Favorite <laughs> celebrity?
2: Uh, Robert Downey Jr.?
3: Why didn't you say Rory? Because <laughs> he's not a celebrity. <laughs> You're okay. a celebrity now.
2: He's a production plant. What are you talking about?
3: <laughs> Your favorite TV show besides Love is Blonde?
2: My Hero Academia. It's an anime. I'm a nerd.
3: Okay. Favorite movie?
2: Um I'm blanking on the name. I don't know why. Uh Prestige. The Prestige. I love that movie too. So okay. good.
3: <laughs> dating app.
2: Dating app. Oh god, I hate them all. Um <laughs> <laughs> I guess Hinge. Hinge is probably the most above board nowadays. What'd you say? Hinge.
3: Is it- H- That's a dating app? Yeah. I'm yes.
0: Download
2: it
3: today. Okay. There you go. <laughs> are you on one now,
1: Rory? Are you on a date app yeah. now?
2: I'm on. I'm on a lot of them. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: are you on Look, Bumble? Yeah,
3: Look, are you on Bumble?
2: Bumble, Island? Tinder, <laughs> Hinge, Coffee. with <laughs> <laughs> <Bigel>. <laughs> Okay. Uh, your favorite pickup joke, pickup line, pick up, favorite pickup line, favorite favorite pickup line. Um. i've i've never been a fan of pickup lines i like to do like skits or kind of off the cuff um comedy or you know whatever improv but i would say if i had to pick a pickup line this one's my favorite i'd walk up and say i'm invisible and they would look at me and be like what and i would get confused and look at them back and be like can you see me and they'd be (laughs) like yeah and i'd be like okay when
3: (laughs) oh My favorite one is, is, this must be the library because I'm checking you out. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a favorite dad joke?
2: God, I, there's so many. And I had, I had, <laughs> no, I I I had so many amazing dad jokes on the show and I wish they showed some of them. Um, I did like, so when diamond and Carlton got engaged, they were having Mm -hmm. a serious conversation in the lounge with the guys. And I walked over and I leaned over and like really serious, like it was perfect delivery. I leaned over and I was like, so Carlton, would you say that diamonds are forever? Oh
0: <laughs> no. and
2: The group dispersed. It was that bad. They're like, "Oh God, okay, we're, done. we're done here." And I was, I was the only one laughing, and I enjoyed it so much.
3: Oh um, no, 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 no! It was good. It was good. But I mean, I guess because we know hindsight, everything is twenty twenty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Your favorite personality trait in your significant other?
2: Um.
3: I mean, you just told us so many.
2: <laughs> I know. I would say kindness.
3: Kindness, good stuff. And phys- favorite physical trait.
2: God, that's hard. These are hard questions. Um, eyes?
1: You know you have one. You know I get that
3: all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still shooting my shot, Rory. Pick up, pick up, <laughs> you gotta pick up what I'm dropping down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your favorite band, Rory.
2: Favorite band? I'm so bad at the favorite question because I like a lot of things. Um, okay,
3: just pick pick your top three.
2: Top three? Uh, Mumford and Sons, Rise Against. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> okay, okay,
3: so it was And. Um, favorite vacation destination this is gonna be the last favorite that I'm gonna ask
2: favorite vacation destination <sighs> I like every vacation to be different because I'd like to just kind of see the world you know bit by bit mm-hmm. and I think every every vacation can be a different experience but I would say I do really love <laughs> um like nature elements so like the glowworm caves in New Zealand, I really want to go see it. It's a cave full of bioluminescent worms that glow blue. And so when you walk in, it's like almost like Christmas lights all over the middle of the cave. There's like, you know, natural bays that grow or caves in like Croatia that have a really interesting visual. And I just I'd love to kind of just see all the natural wonders of the world.
3: Oh, wow. I love it, too. I love to travel. All right. <laughs> That's it for Words with Friends. Last thing, Rory, like I said, we have been enjoying the conversation with you so much. Me too. We appreciate you for being here. Um, My last question for you and this is the last question for the day is what's next for Rory?
2: Um, So I think the this experience was so profound and life-changing. A lot of us ended up changing jobs after the show because it kind of woke something up inside of us. I think what I realized on the show is that I have a, a good knack for connecting with people and helping them through their their troubles and helping them see parts of themselves that they couldn't see themselves. So I want to try to find ways to kind of bring that to the forefront and kind of put that out there. So I've been working on stuff like that um, and then just kind of enjoying life for what it is.
3: Awesome, good stuff. Well, hey, thank you guys for tuning in and listening to the Love Pod, and we will talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Love Pod podcast, and also thanks to Rory for coming on the show. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Rory Newbro, and of course, catches live streams on Twitch at Dry Bear. You can also find The Love Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Love Pod Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you can follow us and get updates when Andy and Danielle join the show next week. Thanks for loving love with us and have a great day.